welcome to the Content Design Podcast. My name's Vanessa Barlow and I'm a content designer and content strategist. In today's episode, I'm talking to Emily Brumwin, who is content lead at Citizens Advice. Um, I was really excited to talk to Emily because Citizens Advice are doing great things with online content design. They're really focused on user needs and getting to the bottom of the particular problems that they can solve through digital content and using user research and testing and all these kind of brilliant content design techniques to make sure that the content they come up with really serves a purpose for their clients and is doing something that they can't get elsewhere. They're producing this really amazing, um, really clear to use tactical advice. So I was keen to talk to Emily to kind of get behind that and find out how her team um, produce such great content. So thank you again to Emily for coming to talk to me about the content design work they're doing at Citizens Advice. And if you're a content designer and you'd like to come on the show too, or if you have any questions from listening to Emily and I chat, then please get in touch via Twitter using at DigiContentPod. That's at DigiContentPod. Otherwise, enjoy the show. So I know from looking at Citizens Advice work, um, you seem to have this very content-first approach and um, a lot of your uh, digital output is quite... Not content heavy in the sense of obviously being all long form, but content heavy mm-hmm. in the way that kind of gov.uk relies on content as opposed to sort of lots of graphics and animations mm-hmm. and visuals and things. Um, how have you kind of either yourself found the process or kind of know from um, talking to other people in the organisation, kind of bringing people on side that content first approach and showing that actually you can do something quite stripped back that just mm-hmm. focuses on the words and, um, and works really effectively. Have you kind of been able to bring people into that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I guess when we started our project, um, well, as a project, we're now a permanent team, we were given the brief to look at the website, and at the time we had around 3,000 pages, and we still have a lot of content, and also the content for advisors that sits behind it, and we had to find a way of redesigning that quite simply to help people solve their problems quickly. So we started by working through lots of different content areas and the people, many of the people that established our team were from GDS. So we worked against their principles mm-hmm. um, and we did a lot of user research into how people were interacting with content and what they wanted. Um, and it's really surprising how, how many times you get new people in and they say, what about a video or what about this? Or what about these pictures or animations? But actually what we found is that a lot of the time, the very simple actionable flat content written in a way that appeals to the user so a lot of you should do this rather than this is the rule works a lot better um we're quite flat content heavy at the moment and that was very much necessary in order to meet our initial brief which was as i said around looking at the huge website that we had and getting it into a more manageable state and Mm -hmm. getting it much more focused enough in the proposition um, and I think that proposition has been really key in getting people on board as well. So the initial research that we did allowed us to establish what people wanted from us. And that was something that solved their problems and gave them what we call tactical advice. Mm-hmm. And tactical advice is really around the sort of things that people can do to improve their outcome and get a bit better situation, be it in a benefits application or a problem at work or even some issue with a broken consumer item or dishwasher or whatever Um, and we get that from our expert advice team and also our network Uh, we're quite well placed to 
to do that so that really all came together as where we can add value and do something different Mm -hmm. and that's quite powerful when we're talking to different stakeholders too so yeah we talk about the research we've done what people want from us um our proposition we talk about accessibility Mm -hmm. um we don't want to make something that isn't able to be used in some way by everybody and flat content and just the words is really good for things like screen readers it's accessible on mobile it doesn't slow your apps down your devices that kind of thing mm-hmm. so we're quite strong on that still um i think next for us is thinking a bit more about what can we what can content do outside of the website and outside of these longer long-form flat content pieces that we've provided and so that might be can we be more intelligent can we implement some kind of machine learning can we take different parts of our content and use it in a chatbot or things like that so I think that's the next step for us really so Mm -hmm. going from we've got this great tactical advice we've got this flat content that you can access via our website to how can we take this and um, use it to meet user needs of citizen advice in different places and at different times so some of the thinking behind that for example depending on um the particular user and their needs some would be quite comfortable self-serving with yeah the sort of flat content just look at the steps you need to take whereas others might need be used to more of that sort of face-to-face interaction and something like a chatbot could yeah. bridge that gap yeah exactly and some people might just have a really quick thing that they want want an answer to and they might expect that I think there are lots of really great apps out there and great services that are able to give quite a quick response on things and Citizens Advice is really good at certain areas so I think our you know I know that our face-to-face advice is amazing and I know that our online content is you know really gets good feedback from our users and people that have the time to dig into it to solve their specific problem respond really well but I feel like there must be some other people out there that we can get to through different different means yeah definitely definitely and do you look in terms of that kind of um yeah, looking into what some of the future opportunities could be. I feel like opportunity could actually be a term we need to start. Opportunity. So content and opportunity together. <laughs> um, yeah, do you kind of look at what, I guess, obviously, what kind of gov.uk and kind of, they're obviously not the competitors in mm-hmm. the commercial sense, but certainly in terms of not kind of overlapping with mm-hmm. your content. Um, do you kind of look to what they're doing and either think okay we can build that and do something ourselves or do you look to what they're doing and think okay they've got it covered how do we integrate with what they've already doing and and sort of fill any gaps Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the information and advice that people need we're really happy to integrate with other sites um broadly it depends on the subject area because sometimes we have great expertise internally but if there's something particularly information that's out there maybe a figure or maybe a table of numbers we're kind of happy to allow that job to be done by another organization if it's trustworthy and we believe that they've got the great content um and maybe we don't have any content on that or maybe we wrap it wrap some advice around it and hand off Mm -hmm. um otherwise we would end up basically recreating the internet internet and competing and for citizens advice we're quite a lean organization and i think we'd rather focus on the areas that we really can help people out in Mm -hmm. yeah that makes total sense um, I guess something I was thinking about from what you were um, saying before around how people access the advice, and obviously a lot of it is through the bureaus face to face. How do you go about kind of 
making that connection so it's quite holistic mm-hmm. service design and thinking about the touch points of okay this is actually going to start as a face-to-face mm-hmm. encounter but end as a digital mm-hmm. encounter um yeah what are your kind of techniques or you know research content design wise mm-hmm. to put that together I think that's something that's going to be a big priority for us next year so we're thinking a lot more of ourselves as not just a website but how do we help the service and become part of a wider journey for people depending on which touch point they choose so they may come to a local office but do we send them to a different channel and how can digital products and services facilitate that Mm -hmm. we in the general content design that we do we do a lot of research with local offices it's an amazing network and they have a lot of information on what people's problems are and that really informs our content but I think there's a lot more we can do to understand what they're seeing about people's needs more generally mm-hmm. um, individual offices are all separate businesses yeah. and they're kind of free to meet their own user needs through different ways so we get these amazing different examples of things that they're doing with their clients like whatsapp services to give oh, advice yeah. on certain things um, thoughts around how we, they can create chatbots around other areas and I think there's way more we can do to work with that network to say, what are you doing? Would this work somewhere else? Would this work in this other office over here? And what can we do to support you? And how can we roll that out so that all different services can benefit from it and benefit mm-hmm. from that technology rather than just having it over in one place? Yeah. Um, so I think that would be a really interesting challenge for, for next year. Um, and part of allowing us to do that, I think, will be having a more sustainable approach to the website that we have now. So we used to spend quite a lot of time working through the content areas that we have. We've now looked again at how we do this and how we prioritise because if we just rewrote every single page in line with our proposition, we would be here literally forever and people probably wouldn't go on websites anymore by the time we're finished. Yeah, it'd be so outdated by (laughs) the time it was done. Exactly, yeah. Um, So we're looking at being a bit more intelligent with data. Mm. Um, We have... A really cool tool that we call Backlogger. I don't know where that name came from. Just got generated. I was going to say classic internal term. I know. There, yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and it basically um, tells us what content is being rated as helpful versus unhelpful against the amount of views it gets, and it gives it a color coding so we can quite quickly say, okay, this page needs attention right now. These pages are actually kind of okay. We're not that bothered, and we may not have. Um, redesign them we want to make sure of course they're factually accurate that's really important yeah but we don't necessarily need to put a whole load of resource into doing that whereas previously we might have said oh my gosh this page is getting like a thousand hits a week or whatever i don't know um it needs looking at now we can be a bit more content with that's okay and that allows us to free up resources to look at okay what else can we be doing as a you know to support the service yeah it's interesting with those um with those kind of tools because exactly as you described they just help speed things up prioritize just uh, really keep things lean mm. but um it feels like you still we're not at the point where you can't have a content designer's time um analyzing that data mm. so i guess a good example is something like bounce rate mm-hmm. for some pages like really short time on the page really quick bounce rate mm. is going to be a, a red alert and that will mm-hmm. maybe put up the um this really needs attention yeah and then actually, and again, I'd imagine particularly with Citizens Advice, yeah. some pages are like 
actually we're not going to serve you content on this or it's you know it's not helpful then you can um but actually head over to gov.uk and you can find out what you need and really it's a sign of success yeah. if it's a really quick bounce rate yeah um and it's not always straightforward to put that entirely into a kind of um automatic analysis mm-hmm. you almost need that kind of first step mm-hmm. and then you can kind of then make some further mm-hmm. um prioritization decisions around that yeah definitely um we've always we always struggled to apply metrics to our content for that exact reason mm-hmm. if if we give someone the answer in the first line and that answer is no this is not the place for you or you actually aren't entitled to this benefit yeah exactly. fine we've solved their problem essentially even if it may not be the outcome that they want we don't necessarily want someone to spend a long time scouring our content if that could indicate for us that actually it's not very well written and they can't find what they need. Um, if somebody continues on a long journey, it could be because they're getting caught in an endless loop of pages. Um, the KPIs that we report on are around, was this content helpful, yes or no? Mm-hmm. Which I think is really good. But in terms of those KPIs, when you start to see that people are saying, actually it wasn't helpful how do you kind of unpack that initial because um am I right in thinking it's literally a kind of yes no mm-hmm. type answer yeah. at the bottom of the page um so how do you go kind of initially unpacking mm-hmm. those no's and finding out what might have been the problem mm-hmm. and I guess as well weighing up okay so far it's only a handful mm-hmm. of people it's not worth looking at to the point where you go okay there's a real problem mm-hmm. here and we need to relook at it mm. Um, so to continue from that question, um, users are asked like why it wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. So we'd look at the quality of feedback there. Um, we'd probably go in and if it's a page we hadn't redesigned, we'd think, you know, what's the content on this page? Um, may- maybe look at making kind of a bit of an analysis of the, the title. Um, you know, is this content meeting the expectation of what someone clicking through from Google would want? Yeah, because I was thinking the title's a good point in that sometimes you almost want to go in like, okay, there's a problem, like what's yeah. the whole journey's not working or there's a big thing with the page yeah. and it's like actually, I don't know, yeah. it's a, a page that's talking about finding a GP the yeah. whole way through and people are searching for doctor or yeah, something yeah, yeah. and it just needs to be that really quick yeah. change. Yeah, so that's right. I guess I guess we'd also look at the search terms people were using. Yeah. Um, we'd look at, quite often... We find that there may just be a broken link or something's just doesn't sound right. So it can be quite <laughs> simple. Or it could be a wider problem. We may look at it and think this whole area of the site doesn't make any sense anymore. We need to make some kind of decision and reprioritize it. So it may go from being a quick fix to actually we need to raise this up on our agenda on the roadmap. So I think there's something we need to explore following on from the was this advice helpful yes or no next year or at some point soon and that's is it because we can't help them online and Mm. did they want to shift channel did they expect web chat to appear we get feedback and it's really hard to read sometimes that people just write their problems of course and are we not providing a facility to actually give people the tailored advice they need so I think that's some of it for us too because I guess as well when someone puts their whole problem in to some extent from their point of view they've already told citizens advice about Mm. it and would expect some sort of follow-up and if the follow-up is just go to your local um citizens advice and just give all that information a second time afresh um that's not necessarily the best experience for them whereas if you could kind of capture it and and, you know pass it on or whatever it is yeah um, it's going to be better exactly yeah I think there's loads we could do with people you know having accounts and 
places you could store information about yourself that could then be transferred onto like our records and make that journey a lot more seamless for clients yes um kind of future thinking yeah it's interesting because it does feel like there's a bit of i guess maybe over the last year it feels like there's a bit of a movement in that direction where before there was kind of more of a separation between offline and online mm-hmm. stuff or i guess taking things back into more of the commercial sphere sort of stuff that might be seen even something like a paid social ad or something mm-hmm. it's like well if someone's had one lot of messaging on their paid social ad yeah and then they're landing on a website that you know okay that caught their interest but nothing that was kind of i don't know made you know yeah. showcased to them in the ad refers to anything on the website or i guess likewise if they have a great online experience and go offline yeah. and it's terrible yeah. um it's still that one brand that the, yeah. the user's encountering and they're still gonna judge it so yeah. um it's interesting and i think like refreshing and mm-hmm. exciting that um and again sort of got that you care a bit mm-hmm. of a leader on this that it's talking about yeah these kind of end-to-end experiences mm-hmm. and it used to again mm-hmm. end-to-end almost used to mean that okay landing on homepage and then mm-hmm. finishing with the basket or something and it's like no end-to-end is like the whole encounter yeah. with the whole organization yeah absolutely and I think we're lucky that we've got a belief in that um from like higher up in the service because it is quite forward-thinking and you know we're not trying to sell anything we don't necessarily have to have the smoothest end-to-end journey we help everybody Mm, mm -hmm. so it's it's refreshing and it's good that we're actually being able being given the resources and investment that we need to look at all these different factors and make it really seamless for people Mm -hmm. if we can eventually (laughs) it's a big job yeah So where we have a team of um, senior experts, usually with a legal ba- legal background, and they are basically the brains, and they have a huge amount of knowledge of a lot of different subject areas. So our job is to take that, understand what the user needs from it, and the format and the language, and make it into a product. So it's been really important to have them on board and also learn from them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we we generally and we've improved the process of doing this as we go along but we'll have a really early discussion before we start projects we'll share our content plan um for comments we'll share drafts of the pieces really early so they know where things are going to go and are comfortable that everything's covered from a legal perspective because if we're giving advice obviously that's really important um sometimes it i think some of the, the more challenging conversations are around we're quite purist around like design and um reading age of nine or under um f reading patterns so many words on a page people are going to lose interest so i say the biggest challenges are around like how much detail we go into um and how long the pages are and how we how we how we show the content so that's just a discussion point really you can often use data for that so um and the testing helps so we may share something quite early with um people in a local office or in a lab-based situation that shows people just stop reading or lose interest or aren't able to understand something so we'll take that back to other stakeholders as sort of evidence as to why we've chosen a certain approach Mm -hmm. but we obviously have to work within um their advice too to make sure we're giving everything that we need to on a certain subject and we're not risking any detriment by being too brief yeah completely and I'd imagine there's a balance between um 
think I've seen Sarah Richards use this example from her time working at Citizens mm. Advice in her in her book Content Design, <laughs> um, where there's this term mandatory reconsideration, mm. which is obviously as a content designer mm. leaps up as total jargon. You'd yeah, instantly yeah. want to um, yeah rewrite it into plain English, and then actually the research um, and the and the data evidence, for example, people actually searching for yeah, the term yeah, mandatory yeah. reconsideration because it's this term that the um, government are using yeah. in relation to benefits again and again. Yeah. There is this really good understanding around it and actually it's clearest to use yeah. that um, term. So I guess obviously working with some experts, it really helps to identify um, some of that terminology or that kind of push and pull between, yeah. okay, here's when we really need to debunk it and yeah. de-jargon it or else it's not going to be helpful versus actually exactly as you said there's evidence and there's reasons and things for this approach and occasionally mm. that does actually mean sticking with a slightly more complicated term yeah exactly and google trends is good for that so basically we just say that google trends wins if there's a argument over over terminology um what are people how are people talking about this and sometimes that term may not be like factually accurate anymore or it may be different but we'll unpick that in the content and explain it mm-hmm. and use the metadata to optimize the page around other search terms that people might be using one of the things that's particularly interesting about citizens advice content design is you um blog about your techniques that you're putting into place mm. and um some of the findings and I guess particularly some of the slightly controversial stuff like mm-hmm. I remember one of your blog posts being around why we got rid of like yeah. our most visited yeah. page and actually unpacking all of the kind of research yeah. and data and evidence that went into that um is that I guess in some ways that's brilliant but it's obviously a resource to keep mm-hmm. writing those con- um those blog posts from your experience of it have you found them to be kind of really helpful for mm-hmm. getting kind of either external interest mm-hmm. or again kind of internal buy-in because obviously it's leading to transparency mm-hmm. um is that kind of something you'd sort of advocate for other say for example a content di- designer in their own organization mm-hmm. who don't currently blog about their mm-hmm. work like something you'd suggest they do yeah i think so i think it's really important and it helps to establish um your organization in that field as being a bit more forward-looking a lot of people that come to interview and work for us have encountered us through those 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 means. And before I started as an advice, I wouldn't have necessarily had it down as being a particularly digital or forward thinking organisation. It's it's a really strong brand, but it's that's not what it was well known for when mm. I when I applied. So I was really surprised, um, like pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more you can do to shout about your work and be transparent about it, the better. It can be quite challenging. We try and address different audiences through our blog so it's for industry technical audience but we also speak to our advisors um you know our clients might come across it so getting that balance is quite hard sometimes Mm. but i think it's worth doing That was Emily Brunwyn, content lead at Citizens Advice. And next week, I'll be talking to Alex Reese, head of digital at test, about how you can use testing and iteration to improve your content marketing. Until then, you can get in touch with us through Twitter using at DigiContentPod. That's at DigiContentPod. So until the next episode, goodbye. <laughs>